You're listening to the MKD Podcast. I am your host with the most Bitcoin art, D. Miller L. Shout out to all of my listenership. If you are new here, consider subscribing. In this episode, I will continue with the rainbow narrative. I'll also be talking about the alphabet boys. Stay tuned. weekend so far. Happy Saturday. It's morning, afternoon, or evening. Hopefully you're well when you check this out. In this particular episode, I definitely want to start off with uh, with giving some thanks. So first and foremost, very thankful to be able to do this podcast for you guys. Definitely grateful for that feel like it's an opportunity for me to pursue my genuine desires um, and fulfill what I feel is uh, my mission. So I'm grateful. I'm grateful to be here and to be doing my thing. Appreciate all of you that have been supporting my day ones, all of my new people. Thank you guys very much. For those of you that have been picking up art, from the collection to support the podcast hats off to you salute to you wouldn't be able to do the podcast without you for those of you that would like to support the podcast be sure to head over to bitsy collections they're on raretoshi.com that's where you can find my art collection by supporting the art you're not only supporting the podcast but you are supporting the original artist Just as a FYI, I have not actually created any art myself. Uh, Those are pieces that I've collected from artists within the Bitcoin space. Okay, let's go ahead and keep going. I got some more thanks, but I'll make sure that those kind of come out as we go through the podcast today. So first things first, I've made reference to the rainbow narrative. If you guys have no clue what I'm talking about with regard to the rainbow narrative. Go back to our last episode, that's number go up three. Give you a little context. However, I do recommend you go back to the first episode of this series as we're on number four today. All right, so let's let's start here with regards to the rainbow and the narrative. So in previous episodes, I've talked about how it's important that, in my opinion, all Bitcoiners go through a process of evolution. Uh, Bitcoin is not a stagnant thing. As you all know, it moves very fast as far as uh, technologically. It is evolving. I also think that as the tech is evolving, the Bitcoiner, the pleb, should be evolving as well. I uh, don't want to rehash the previous episode, so I'll spare you guys that portion. But I will say that I think the ultimate goal, right, at least where the the current state of uh, the technology is, I think that we should all be self-custodying our Bitcoin. We should all be running nodes. 
right? And it, of course, it does take time to get to each of these stages. You don't, you know, start out with self-custody. In fact, you should start out learning. You should be putting in hours and hours and hours and hours into podcasts, into reading, into articles, um, however you can acquire more knowledge concerning Bitcoin, that's what you should do first. After acquiring a certain amount of Bitcoin, put it in cold storage, right? Be able to self-custody your coin. From there, um, and I think that it's important that I point this out, there's going to be people in the space that specialize in that alone. So I would recommend you get with people that are specifically talking about that in your beginnings. Find someone that you feel has the uh, credibility and learn from them. Learn the best practices. The same can be said when you evolve, if you will, to running your own node. There will, you will notice in the space, you will find people that specialize in that. I highly recommend you find someone, again, with some credibility. You learn from them as much as you possibly can to get your node up and running. And then where I come in. After that, I feel that it's important that we evolve a bit further. Now, I don't think it's a requirement that you go any further than that as far as running a node. It's not necessarily a requirement, but if you wish to actually start to stack harder, I think it's important that you guys start to consider this final stage of evolution. Specifically, I'm talking about once you realize that your data is what's valuable. I think that we all come to the conclusion that we're all content creators, creators, excuse me, in our own right. If you are on social media, you are a content creator. What's the proof? The proof is, is that they're selling your data to corporations. They're selling that information. I ask the question, why not you own your own data and sell your data as you so decide maybe even with a royalty attached to it I think this only makes sense however it will not make sense to those that have not done the work is that clear it's highly unlikely that the message the narrative that I'm describing with regards to the rainbow is going to make much sense to you Right, as a content creator, it's not going to make much sense to you if you haven't done your homework. So be sure not to try to skip any steps, folks. It's not going to benefit you to try to move faster than what you know you're able to actually take in, right? That you're actually able to handle. All right, so this kind of leads me into another. Thanksgiving. I want to send a shout out to all of the artists that I've observed there on Noster. I've never seen so many artists. 
It's really awesome to see. These artists, these content creators that I've seen on Noster, these are the people that are primed to be able to understand the idea of content creation, as well as wanting to own your data or maybe even attach a royalty to your creation so that you can receive those benefits as well as a content creator, as an artist. I think everyone is familiar with how the current scheme of things go in the art world. You normally have to give up the masters, which would be ownership. And we know that artists spend most of their careers, especially towards the tail end, trying to get back their masters, trying to own the royalty, trying to receive royalty for works that they've done, as opposed to the major corporations who own the masters, did not create the content, but receive all of the royalties after the creation of that content, right? After the art is made. Okay. I, uh, I say this, it's a special shout out to them for a reason. And you guys bear with me. I'm going to get a little deep right now. So the Alphabet Boys. And you guys, again, bear with me. I'm going to loop this all the way back around to the artist. The Alphabet Boys. What do I mean? Well, in common culture, the Alphabet Boys would be your three-letter agencies, right, associated with the government. It could also extend its way into the media, the three initial media outlets. Uh, But what I want to talk about is something a little bit different. I have a different take. The Alphabet Boys that I'm describing, and which I kind of, I have to say, they kind of drain me of energy, is actually found in the name. Alphabet, right? Or Alpha Beta. This is a hierarchy, right? Within the current model that we live in. Right. I I don't know if it's uh, if it's a natural as much as it's a corporate model. But most people tend to try to fit into this model. Right. They want to either be the alpha or they understand themselves to not be the alpha, but they want to get close to the alpha. Right. They want to be a part of what the alpha is doing. Right. I.e. the beta. One thing that really annoys me right about that dynamic is that it starts to create something like an echo chamber so you'll have an alpha the alpha of the group say a thing and then all of the betas echo it right they were they parrot it this is the echo chamber so you have quote-unquote influencers in the space And what happens is, is that they'll make a statement. It may be right. It may be wrong. But you'll have a mass of betas immediately promoted. And it's a shame because what we're what I've noticed in that dynamic is that there is a lack of authenticity. It's not to say that we can't all agree. Right. There are going to be certain things that we all agree on. And that does not mean that you're acting beta because you're in agreement. 
right? To be agreeable does not make you a beta. To be disagreeable doesn't make you alpha. Okay? Want to make that clear. It's about someone having their own mind. Someone having their own ideas and pushing that. Again, I joined Noster because I recognize that Noster, like Bitcoin, does not have a CEO, which means there isn't a singular narrative that you need to subscribe to. It's not necessary. If it was a corporate thing where they have these different guidelines, community guidelines, etc., etc., well, then of course, right, you have to get in line, get in order, right, follow the rules. And I'm not against rules. I'm just against rules without substance, right? Rulers without substance. I'm not a pure anarchist, right? I do think that order is good. I do think harmony is good. So, you know, it's, it's one of those fine lines that I think we all kind of have to make our own decision on to what degree do we like autonomy and to what degree do we acknowledge right the interdependence of us all now let me go a step further right to give you guys a little more texture as to what I mean here and, and maybe this can actually be helpful for those of you that find yourself stuck in that matrix because I do feel the alphabet boys represent the matrix or represent those who are stuck within the matrix. And it's about time that, uh, you know, you guys take that red pill. Take that red pill <laughs> and wake up, Neo. Okay, here we go. Here's the, uh, the idea here, the analogy. Imagine a triangle. All right? Draw a triangle with your mind's eye. And we're going to mark each corner with a letter. A, B, and C. A, B, C. The A is uh, the first point. The B would be the high point, And the C would be the third point. So the, the line that's flat for the pyramid should be A and C. The high point of the triangle should be B. Everybody clear on that so far? Great, let's move on. ABC, Alphabet Boys. So here's what I've noticed is the situation, right? Maybe you guys have recognized this too. So you are A, right? I am A. The individual pleb is A. B would represent information, right? Podcasts, books, um, etc. Just information. C would be what you're being informed about right so you can see the connection you have a is you b is the information c is the thing in which you've been informed about now what's the problem is is with the uh, alpha beta right that whole dynamic is that many of the times the uh the information right what it is that you're being informed about it's probably not to your benefit, maybe not even correct, but many people, uh, they just kind of run with that. 
They run with the information that they got from a book. They run with the information they got with their from their fa- favorite influencer, excuse me. And this is a shame because they're not doing their own research. You think maybe that doing research is to read more books or to listen to more podcasts, but I would beg to differ. For you to do your own research, you actually have to put your hand to the plow. You have to get out of the armchair position and get in the field. That's how you actually come to an understanding of what it is. Not by information. Like I said, majority of the time, the information that you're receiving is someone else's narrative so that you kind of play into their snare, right into their little trap. And we're talking about, again, people trying to make money or gain more followers or whatever the case may be. They have an agenda and with, with regards to the information that they're giving, as well as the information that they're withholding. You got to know that. And anytime that someone's giving you information, most folks know to kind of listen for what's not being said. Again, looking at this uh, triangle in the mind's eye, my suggestion is that you bypass B. Look directly at C, the actual thing. That would remove all of this parroting or echo chamber noise. There is really, it's almost impossible for all of us to come to the same conclusion. If I look out the window and you look out the window, we're going to have different perspectives. That's awesome. That's what I came to Nostra for. That's the richness that I'm interested in. I don't care anything about what an alpha, a quote unquote alpha is saying or doing. And I definitely don't care about the information (laughs) that they're putting out there because most of the time it's not to your benefit. You're going to benefit them. That's what's almost a guarantee. If you're parroting what another person said, it's to their benefit and not to yours. All right, so I'm going to repeat this again. A to C bypass B that means put your hand to the plow that means look at it from yourself and gather your own perspective if we were to do that as plebs you would have a lot more cool ideas in the space we wouldn't have the echo chamber in the space we'd actually see that there are a lot of intelligent people with something to offer Right. As far as whatever it is that they're doing, they're going to have a unique perspective that may inspire you. That is the key. As a pleb, that is the key. Now, how does this how does this all reflect or excuse me, relate to the rainbow narrative? So. If you guys, you know, are aware. A rainbow Whenever they appear, that phenomenon happens and humans are looking at it from the ground, they never see the same rainbow. It's as if uh, because we're in different positions on the earth, we are looking at it from a different angle and it's actually giving us a different rainbow. 
That's what I'm talking about. When you're looking directly at the thing, it's almost impossible for us to all have the same idea or to have the same vision. How else does this relate? With regards to the artist, each artist is going to be unique. What they produce, the way in which they do their thing is unique. And I find it inspirational, the whole diversity amongst the artists. I actually prefer to follow the artist as opposed to any of the people on Noster. And I'm going to again tell you why. I find fresh new perspective refreshing. I find the echo chamber draining. It's absolutely draining. Especially when you hear the echo chamber from the lower levels of evolution. Right? So you hear people echoing, right? And repeating many of the statements. We'll say you're in the, uh, the self-custody stage of evolution. There is so much parroting at that point. And it's fine because you got to kind of learn how to train yourself for the for the language right there's a verbiage that's associated with bitcoin so it makes sense it makes sense and you know the same can be said about running a node again there's there's verbiage we're all going to be using the same verbiage uh there's a process we're all going to be doing generally the same process so again understandable that there's that parroting but many people are relying on this And this is a problem. This is stopping the next stage or phase of the evolution of the pleb. Again, I find the artist refreshing in the space, the Bitcoin artists, because they bring fresh perspective with each piece that they create. With each piece that they create, they're able to bring their unique perspective. And with that uniqueness, just like a rainbow, It's very inspirational to the pleb, regardless on the level of uh, evolution that you're on. You guys following me so far? Great. How else does this uh, relate to the rainbow narrative? Well, uh, here's, here's a fun fact. If you're in an airplane, as opposed to on the ground, When you see the rainbow, you'll actually be able to see the full circle, right? You know, from the ground, it just looks like a half a circle. But again, if you're in the sky, like in an airplane and you see a rainbow, you're likely to see the full circle. This represents the quote unquote circular economy aspect between patrons and the content creator. Right, investors and the content creators, the artists. It's a circular. It's a circle. Right? Especially in which the way the Bitcoin moves. It's circular. And this is what we need. Right? More than anything else. Uh, Why do I say that? I don't think it's... I don't think that it makes much sense or at least no wonder, right? That uh, we don't see it increase in the price of Bitcoin when you have people that are accepting Bitcoin for payment but immediately turn it into fiat. Many people are completely missing the mark. They're much more interested in just, oh yeah, I can go spend my Bitcoin, but they're not thoughtful about the fact that 
The money is leaving the community. The Bitcoin is leaving the community. One of the reasons why this is important, you guys know, or maybe you don't know, I come from the African-American community. And that has to be one of the greatest issues as to why African-Americans cannot build wealth. Again, just allow for me to give you a little more detail. So unfortunately, what happens is, is because most African-Americans don't own any businesses here in America, what tends to happen is African-Americans will get paid for their labor and then they immediately give it to other communities. And these communities aren't investing in the black community or anything like that. They're going to build up their own community. So it doesn't matter what ethnic group it is. Uh, It doesn't matter what race group it is. What we tend to find is that African-Americans are not able to keep the money circulating in their community for any amount of time. In fact, they get paid and within a few minutes, a few hours, that money is gone out of the community. Same is happening with Bitcoin. Right. You have all of these uh, Bitcoiners that are very much so interested in being able to spend their Bitcoin locally. But as opposed to the Bitcoin circulating locally, it stops the minute that they give their Bitcoin to one of these merchants, because those merchants tend to convert it into fiat, right, to pay bills for accounting, whatever the case may be. And this is uh, not going to work, folks. That is not hyper Bitcoinization. I do think that at least we're starting to test the water, but that is not hyper Bitcoinization. Folks accepting Bitcoin for payment is, uh, is a half effort. It's a half effort. If they're not storing up the Bitcoin, if they're not circulating the Bitcoin, it's not working right in fact it might even be to our detriment to be giving our bitcoin to a merchant who would immediately convert it to a fiat because again why don't you do the same how come you don't get your bitcoin and immediately when the price goes up how come you don't convert it right you can see the motivations are different can't you okay well it's not to say that uh a artists wouldn't do something similar but what we do have uh, there on rare toshi is an opportunity to keep it strictly bitcoin right the item is priced in bitcoin you pay in bitcoin the artist receives bitcoin when you resell you get bitcoin etc 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 right so it's it's plebs all around moving their bitcoin around to each other Right. This is what economy truly is. Buyers and sellers using Bitcoin. That's what we're striving for. Is that right? Is that hyper Bitcoinization? That's right. Uh, What else do we have here? Oh, you guys know there's uh, again more of this rainbow narrative. You know, there's different kinds of rainbows. Right. There's different kinds. You got the double rainbow. You got the moon rainbow, a fog bow. (laughs) Right. Uh, Again, what this speaks to is the diversity of the plebs, not just the vision of the artist, but 
the way in which we as plebs are going to, you know, we'll say scrutinize or um, parse through all of the art. Certain, certain people are going to have a certain view, right? Maybe what I like, you don't like. Maybe what you like, I don't like. And what that really just speaks to is, is that we're different. And that's wonderful. There should be diversity. We don't all need to like the same thing. Right? We shouldn't all dislike the same thing. Once again, I think that the, the entire idea of the rainbow narrative really makes room for the diversity that truly exists. It's, um, it's really a no-brainer, folks. We've all, I'd imagine, had a corporate job at this point. And um, I would say the mass majority, unless you've gotten high enough in the company, the mass majority completely missed the mark with regards to understanding the need for diversity in a company. The first thing that the average person, and I live in America, so the average person is Caucasian, the first thing that the average person would say is, is that really it's just about the hard work. Whoever does the best job should get the job. Yeah, that sounds about right. However, because of the numbers, the sheer numbers, what happens with most of these companies is that their perspective is limited because all of the people have a similar background and they have a, a similar uh, modus of operandi. Now, again, companies that have understood the true value of diversity, they realize you need different perspectives. If you're going to have a holistic approach as a company, you must have a variety of perspective. It's your own loss if you don't. It's basically it leaves you to have a blind spot. So if you want to have a blind spot, go ahead and, and create a company that has a, we'll call it a hegemony, right? <laughs> And we'll see how far that takes you. Right? We'll see if uh, you're actually able to connect with the people. Maybe you will be able to connect with a certain demographic. But last time I checked, when it comes to making money, uh, you want to be able to incorporate and integrate as many ideas and people as possible. So, I'm now talking about market making to a degree. You know, guys, um, this is a great opportunity right now, and I'm very thankful for it. Right? Let me let me give some more shout outs. So, shout out Blockstream, shout out Gen Three um, for pushing the envelope. Right? Pushing this forward, uh, not only just on the technological side, but in the jurisdictions. Right. Where we're able to start truly cultivating this circular economy. The laws have to be in place. Right. We got to be above board with this. This is not something that we need to be doing in the shadows. So shout out to them. Definitely appreciate you all for, again, creating these various opportunities for us as plebs. Right. Technologically as well as uh, socially or even economically, if you will, right? Politically, thank you guys.
I heard uh, here recently, saw some some more updates on the uh, Bitcoin bond. You guys know about that, right? This is a little side note. Uh, the Bitcoin bond there in El Salvador. Looks like they're revving up for that. Very excited to hear. And um, don't want you guys to forget, that's going to be done on liquid. Yeah, that's going to be done on liquid. Liquid is the same place where I recommend the artists do their thing. Liquid. Side chain to Bitcoin. The Bitcoin response to Ethereum. Highly recommend you guys use that. Again, this does play right into the rainbow narrative uh, with the concept of, we'll say the, uh, the Bitcoin is the light. Right? It's hope. It's love, right? It's peace. Bitcoin is the light. When it shines through that liquid prism, you get a rainbow. Let me, uh, let me, let me start winding it down, guys. I wanted to say again, I hope that this episode will help some of you escape the matrix. I also hope that this episode would encourage more content creators to join me there on Noster. We have a community called Digital Arts. I'd love to see you guys there. Investors, right? Patrons of the arts, right? People that want to support the diversity of the space, the perspectives in the space. I hope to see you guys there too. And finally, I want to just say again, I'm so grateful uh, for this opportunity. I also want to put myself out there and say, hey, if you uh, are building a Bitcoin company and you're looking for corporate culture, right? I think that's very important. I don't think that Bitcoin companies are going to do well to organize themselves in the traditional alpha beta hierarchy i think it's important that as a bitcoin company you foster diversity of thought as well as maintain the original essence of the bitcoin movement right Uh, we're talking about the cypherpunks we're talking about the node runners this is the heart of bitcoin This is how you plug into the network. This is how you own a piece of it, right? Property ownership. So I want to make myself available. I do have a link tree. You guys can check me out on link tree if you're interested. Uh, Link tree, MKD link tree or link tree MKD podcast. However, it, uh, it is there. You guys can actually search it up. Just head on over to Linktree, put in MKD Podcast. It should pull right up. My consultation availability and fee and pricing is down there. Uh, I'd be happy to come out and help you put that together uh, for your Bitcoin company. Right? I think company culture is very important. We are all starting to understand this. So I want to make myself available to you folks. Uh, I used to kind of only consult with plebs one-on-one, 
But at this point, I'd, I'd like to uh, make myself available to companies. I don't do much of the one-on-one with uh, individuals. I still can and am willing, but I'm not so much interested in that. I'd like to make a larger impact by providing my services to Bitcoin companies. So if you have a Bitcoin company and you want to make sure that you develop a culture that's going to foster growth, foster diversity, as well as maintain that original zeitgeist, reach out to me. I'm definitely available. I love to do this work. I've been involved with this now for some time. If you guys have any questions, comments, and concerns, get in the comment section. I'll definitely uh, reply. Uh, My DMs are open, so shoot me a DM if you'd like. With that being said, I hope you guys enjoy the rest of your weekend, the rest of your holiday, and I'll catch you guys on the next episode. Peace.